Welcome back, everybody, to the Film Crew College Football Podcast. I am your host, Tiller, the Thriller, resident Notre Dame fan. We've got a new rotation coming in for today's episode, so we're going to introduce everybody in turn. First up, we've got Gary Tommy. Hi, I'm Gary Tommy. I am a Georgia Bulldogs fan living in the Cincinnati area. Happy to join everybody for the first time. Looking forward to being a part of many episodes moving forward. Looking forward to having you. Next up, we got our boy Bennett. What's up, y'all? My name is Bennett. I'm actually a Michigan State fan living down in the Atlanta area, so pretty much flipped with Gary. <laughs> Love to hear it. Next, we have got our boy Pepe. Hey, what's going on? Pepe here from the 606 Kentucky area, the biggest Kentucky Wildcats fan, as far as the eye can see. All right, and last up, we've got Han. What's going on, Han? That's me. Last up, Han. I am a New York City man but I'm a Penn State man to the core, have been my whole life, went there, doesn't get bigger Penn State than me. Oh, we're going along there. I'd love to hear it. There we go. All right, well, now that we got out of the way, today's going to be a lighter episode. We're going to do a couple mailbag questions that we've gotten from some of our loyal listeners from day one. Uh, we are also going to have a fun little segment with a couple of our friends that are not college football fans as of yet, but we're looking to get them into each of our teams. So stay tuned and look forward to that. So for the first mailbag question we've got from Cotton, if your favorite movie was a college football team, who would it be? And we'll start with Gary. Yeah, this one was a little bit interesting for me. It was a little bit, uh, kind of struggled a little bit with this one. But my favorite movie is The Big Lebowski. Just a huge Coen Brothers fan. Probably seen The Big Lebowski close to 50 times, just either on TV or just streaming it for many years now. So I tried to think of a team that kind of had similar energy to The Dude, whether that was on the field or with their fan base. I ultimately settled on Vanderbilt. The reason for Vanderbilt being my choice there was primarily because of really just them being, unfortunately, sort of a a bottom feeder in the SEC. The dude's always behind on his rent. He's always writing checks for 69 cents for some half and half at the old Ralph's, you know, grocery store. Vandy fans, you know, are, are sort of, you know, in a, a similar situation there. You know, the fans are very laid back, you know, seriously, who's ever come into contact with a angry or jerkish Vandy fan. Always very nice. The dude's well loved by everybody. And ultimately, that's just sort of what I came to there. It's a great answer. I love it. Shout out Vandy. Head coach Clark Lee, former member of the Notre Dame coaching staff in Nashville. Awesome city. So nothing wrong with Vandy. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with the dude at all. So let's switch it on over to Bennett. Bennett, what you got for us? So uh, my favorite movie is No Country for Old Men. And uh, in this scenario, I'm imagining it as the 2005 USC football team. And I've got Reggie Bush on the run from the NCAA trying to take back his Heisman. (laughs) Here we go. And uh, yeah, I got Pete Carroll playing old man Tommy Lee. And yeah, about it. (laughs) But just on the run in West Texas. That's awesome. Carol, it's kind of crazy how young he looks for being as old as he is. I think he's like the second oldest coach in the NFL, but dude runs around like he's in his late 40s, early 50s. It's nuts. When I'm 75, I hope I look that good. Oh my God, same. All right, let's uh, let's switch it on over to Pepe. What is your 
favorite movie, and if it was a college football team, who would it be? I'm a big Christopher Nolan fan, and uh, my favorite movie is actually The Dark Knight. big part about that movie is the Joker loves chaos, so I thought, what team has the most chaos? And I went with the 2001 Miami Hurricanes. They're all about uh, just pure chaos, you know, all over the place, and they love that attention just like the Joker did. Wanted all the cameras on them, and so I went with that 01 championship team. That game's team was insane. Like, just absolutely loaded with talent. That was the team that had, like, 30 first-round draft picks. Yeah. They, yeah, they broke the record for sure. The U was just insane back in the 90s and 2000s. Hopefully it never gets back there. <laughs> when, when I had this, I had them as a Avengers Endgame. Just oh. a, a, a massive collection of talent. Ooh, yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great, a great comp. Yeah. I love that. Can you right. like place any of the guys in the roles? Or? Oh, I did. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> give me uh, they'd Ed, they'd Ed Reed, you know, one I believe he feels like a Captain America to me. I, I can dig it. I'll I'll give Ed Reed cap. All right, huh? So uh, was that your answer for your favorite movie as well? Or you got something that you? Got no, something no. My favorite movie is Gladiator, uh, and I picked last year's Georgia Bulldogs. You know, they they've had some Ooh. some some tough goes, but finally got over the uh, the hump there and, and took down the evil empire. Love that. Yeah, I like all right. I like that. I like that as well. That's a great one. So my favorite movie, I don't know if this is a cop-out answer, but Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings, probably my favorite movie, singular. Yeah. And if I had to pick a football team to compare it to, it's a tough one. Honestly, I'd probably do this past year's Cincinnati team. Just a collection of I mean, kind of like what you said, Han, collection of underdogs getting in there, taking down a not evil empire. Notre Dame's not an evil empire. Notre Dame's like the, <laughs> Notre Dame's like the good empire. But um, but no, I mean, they banded together and they made the college football playoff. And I mean, that basically that was almost a ceiling of what Cincinnati could honestly be. So it'll be curious to see if they move to if once they're moved to the Big 12, if they can, you know, get past that hump. But Honestly, I think that's as high as we're ever going to see a team from like the G5 or anything or anything out of these potential super conferences is going to get. So I just felt like it was a good comment. They were honestly a super fun team to watch, too. So that, that was my answer. You give, Desmond, you, give, you give Desmond Ritter Aragorn status? Ooh. Yeah, I would give Desmond Ritter Aragorn. I mean, yeah. Luke Fickle's got to be Gandalf, right? I mean, obviously. Got to do that one. Uh, Sauce Gardner, I'd probably go... So I'll Gardner, I go Legolas. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Well, thanks for the question, Cotton. That was an awesome one. Our next question is from Mark the Monk. What are some of your personal favorite CFB moments? So we'll go, we'll do snake draft this time. So Han, you're going to be up first. All right. I broke mine up into two categories, which were Penn State and non-Penn State, because okay. you can imagine that it. most most of mine are uh, uh, Penn State. But for those, I'll keep them personal. And my two favorite ones there were storming the field against Ohio State when we beat them uh, in our run to the Big Ten Championship. And then we played a four-overtime game against Michigan my freshman year at Penn State. That was Christian Hackenberg. Uh, He threw a bomb to Allen Robinson to the one-yard line to tie it in regulation. There were like three missed field goals between four overtimes and finally closed it out in the fourth. Christian Hackenberg and and Allen Robinson on the same team. That's – yeah. I was unbelievable. Alan Robinson in caught, like people didn't know him coming out. I don't know. He was like a third round receiver. Unbelievable at Penn state. Unbelievable. Hackenberg had some first round hype going in for every once in a while. Yep. Had the arm. Did not. uh, 
jury's still out on whether or not you know that was fair but um (laughs) the most the most flat-footed quarterback i've ever seen yep (laughs) did not need to move when you're throwing Allen robinson i guess you don't have to have the best technique though as a couple bears quarterbacks found out later on too so how about a non-penn state moments my biggest ones i have a big win that was positive for me and then a big one that it was like i hate them uh the big win for me was crabtree walking off first texas just an unbelievable moment. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched that play and still do not understand how those two defensive backs didn't get him out of bounds, but happened and it was great. And then App State beating Michigan. Can't, can't pick Michigan. a happier moment for yeah. me with my dad watching that game. Dad, App State guy or Michigan guy? Or? Penn State guy. Oh, okay. So just hates Michigan then? Yep. That was back. We were still like, you know, car radio type days. And this, you know, this first week, me and my dad are driving around. He's like, we got to stop in this Hooters so we can see the end of the game. <laughs> I think we bought it on like what used to be ESPN college football, where like you could buy individual yeah. games. Pretty sure we did that. And I really hope they don't ever go back to that. That would be it. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> But, okay, so great answers, especially, you know, the Michigan hate. I'm always going to be down for that one. So, Pepe, how about yours? So, I also split mine into Kentucky, non-Kentucky. I have two Kentucky memories. The first one, Wyndham Taylor sacking Tim Tebow and sending him to the hospital. I had a math teacher who was uh, a Florida fan, and she'd come in. This was right around the time that Tebow was there, and she'd come in and uh, just gloat. And uh, I just remember that night he got hit. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we got Kentucky snapping the 31 game losing streak to Florida at Florida. They had that Josh Allen, Benny Snell team. That team was, yeah. Yeah, that team was just about as fun as I've, I remember watching football. But yeah, that was a good game, good team. And then uh, my non Kentucky, pretty much anything Manziel. I love watching Manziel, love him, uh, watching him beat Alabama in uh, 2012. Yeah, I mean, he was an electric college player, you know, and obviously he had he had his own stuff that he had to deal with off the field and everything like that. But I mean, I don't think there's anybody that can really deny that whenever he was on his game, yeah, it was just fun. Watch. Yeah, the one, where, the one where he fumbled to himself in the pocket, yeah. rolled out to the left and threw it across his body. That was a that was a good one. That was crazy. Insane. He was so good. And like, you know, me at the time, I was I was not super thrilled about him winning the Heisman over uh, over Teo, but Looking back on it now, I can kind of I can kind of make my peace with that one. So he was, just, I mean, he really was just an electric player in college. Just fun to watch. Made the Texas A&M team. I mean, they took, like you guys said, they took Bama down, which I don't think anybody was expecting it. So just, yeah, nuts. He was can't miss television, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Johnny Football. What's he doing now? It wasn't the CFL, I think. I don't know if he's still there or not, but the last I remember, he was in the CFL. Maybe we can ask uh, we can ask our buddy Tobias that next time when uh, when he hops on later on. Yeah, that's that's the last I knew about it. Uh, I heard he was in social media recently, but I don't. I honestly could not tell you what for. Oh man, what a player! So you got any other ones for any non Kentucky ones? Uh, no, that's really the only one I had down. Okay. All right. Next up is going to be Bennett. Uh, yeah, Taylor, you're really going to like this one. I was in my dorm room. Michigan State pulled off a fake field goal to uh, win a game against Notre Dame back in 2010. I I was sick at the time. I was sick at the time, so I wasn't out, and I think I was on some cough syrup, just sitting there on the couch. (laughs) Was that that a toss over the shoulder? 
Uh, or was that yeah. the tight end pass down the field? <laughs> it, was, it was actually the punter was the holder and uh, kind of just yeah. rolled out, hit the tight end down the field. The tight end down the field one, yeah. <laughs> that, that was brutal. So, for me as a Michigan State fan, it was tough my first 18 years. I mean, we sucked. Yeah. And uh, that was really the first year, you know, we were back. Then uh, had to go to a bowl game against Alabama, pissed off and lose by 40 points. So, yeah, it, I mean – Bama in the postseason, there's not really a whole lot of teams equipped to deal with that. So I'm not not going to hold that against Michigan State by any means. Uh, yeah. I had to bring had to bring that one up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I got a ton of Michigan State ones. The only other one is the one that everyone's going to know, and that's Michigan dropping that damn punt and losing the game in the last 30 seconds. I uh, it's still and it's one of the best calls to this day. You got that dumbass with his yellow shirt on holding his hands above his head in the crowd. That's one I, I actually had that for, for one of my favorite CFP moments. Oh, it's it's a, it's on my list, but I say, but I wanted to let you have it because I figured it'd be on yours too. <laughs> I have specifically surrender Cobra. Oh, yep. Same here. That's uh, just art. I hate him so much. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's something we could pretty much all agree with, Gary. I don't know. I don't know how what you how you feel about Michigan, but it seems like four of us at least are very anti-Michigan. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say I'm anti-Michigan. I'm more anti-Ohio State than anti-Michigan, but it was it was enjoyable to to uh, kind of beat the brakes off of Jim Harbaugh in the Orange Bowl back in last playoff. So. So when uh, when Michigan and Ohio State play, who do you do you pull for anybody? Do you pull more for Ohio State or I pull for uh, whoever my wallet's on. Uh, so it really, just depends what the spread's looking like that day. It's a great answer. Love it. I, I, I pull I pull for who needs it, like for whoever needs it more to lose. So it's like if Ohio State really needs it to get into the playoffs, I want Michigan to beat them. Yeah, it's rooting for heartbreak. Them. Yeah, right. Whoever whoever wants it more, I want them to lose. I can respect that. <laughs> all right so Bennett, do you have any other uh non-michigan state ones or yeah yeah i got plenty there was actually a, <laughs> got a ton. uh gary's not gonna like this one either it was a game i was actually at uga at auburn i think 2013 georgia came back down 17 to 34 in the, the fourth quarter and then nick marshall threw that ball up it bobbles all over the place and it ends up being a hail mary for the win for auburn the year they go to the Miracle national championship. Of Jordan Hare. Yeah. Yep. That uh, is something I remember quite vividly. Game doesn't get talked about enough because the following week was the kick six, actually. I'm right. pretty sure. Fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact about that one. The guy who batted that ball down, transfer, batted it into the Auburn guy's hand, transferred to Auburn the next year. So fun fact there. Trigger, right? Trigger tray? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, the only other one I got really is uh, Boise State versus Oklahoma. They got the the uh, hook and ladder straight in. Oh yeah, hook and ladder straight into the Statue of Liberty play. And right yeah. after the running back goes over there and proposes to his girlfriend, I just thought at the time that was the funniest thing in my life. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, that's one of those plays where like. You know, there's always the frame, like, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Like, how can you not just be romantic about college football when stuff like that happens? That's just some of the stuff that makes college football incredible. But, yeah, no, that's that's a great one. That's definitely – that was on my list as well, but I'm glad you got to it because I, I don't know if I would have had been able to get to it in time. Yeah, so great, great answers. Gary, I think you're up now, so what do you got for us? Yeah, like everybody else, I kind of have mine, you know, 
in two different categories, Georgia and non-Georgia related. Probably a cop-out answer, but I did have the opportunity to attend the national championship game last year. So that's probably my number one moment of all time. Probably going to be a tough one to top. Everything about that day from driving up to Indy, seeing all the fans on the road, making friends with the middle-aged couple I sat next to where they made me take a selfie with them in the middle of the game, (laughs) hugging the 65-year-old man in front of me who probably clearly had family there, but for some reason decided to turn around and hug me as the clock hit triple zeros. Just everything about that day was just pretty incredible. I also had written down just my first game I ever attended at Athens, Sanford Stadium, was really a game against Vandy with Matthew Stafford at quarterback in uh, one of his, I think it was his final year, and A.J. Green uh, was a freshman. So pretty just cool team, fun team to go and watch, and just pretty uh, unbelievable experience overall. That's a lot better than my first uh, Notre Dame game. My first and only Notre Dame game so far was Charlie Weiss's last home game. It was senior day. They played UConn, and they lost. That was less than ideal. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I might be going up actually for the Clemson game this year, and then I might be, uh, I'm saving up for my buddies to hit the Ohio State game next year. So hopefully we're going to get at least one better result out of those two games, or at least you know something a little less depressing than that. But I mean, I don't think anybody really forgets their first college football game. It's just no matter what stadium you're at, it's just incredible. Absolutely. A couple of my non-Georgia-related ones, I actually went to college at the University of Kentucky. So when I'm not rooting for the Bulldogs, I am strangely rooting for the Kentucky Wildcats whenever they're on. I had the chance to attend the UK-Florida game this past season where they beat Florida for the first time in, I think, over 30 years at home. I think they hadn't beat Florida at home since the 70s. Everybody got to storm the field first storm fielding experience just overall was just once again just a a pretty wild night and a fun time strangely enough Waka Flocka was at that game and on the sideline so he was partying with all the fans and uh, all the students on on the you know field as well so I had that written down and then uh, really just anytime Hawaii kicks off at midnight always get a kick out of that oh man Hawaii games that's just like if Hawaii was in the Pac-12, that would just be peak Pac-12 after dark. Like, that would just be everything, everything great about that time zone. Yeah, I love everything about the midnight kickoff. It's the game where either trying to win my money back or uh, just throwing some money down for fun after having a good gambling day. And there's just nothing better than having that final game of the night to watch and just falling asleep halfway through. Oh, yeah. And Hawaii's pregame where they do the, the haka that Hawaii does in the pregame is just really that's one of the that's a really cool tradition that, you know, a lot of Pacific Island cultures do before any kind of a sporting match. But, man, that's that's so cool to watch as an outsider. But no, that's a that's a great answer. Yeah. All right. Well, so for mine, I I've got one non Notre Dame one. Because all of my Notre Dame ones are going to be kind of biased. They're probably not that cool in a vacuum. So we're just going to I'm just going to leave those alone. But my probably my favorite college football moment of all time is probably the kick six. And for me, it's just – it's crazy because, like, I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing when that happened. It was just insane. Like, I was, I was getting ready to go hang out later that night. I, I was still in high school. I was getting ready to go hang out with a buddy. And I got over to his place after watching some of the game at my house – 
And, you know, like right when I left my house, they were had called a timeout. So I was going into that TV timeout that I got over there. So I get there, I'm chopping it up with my buddy and his dad and everything like that. So then I ask him, I was like, hey, can you just see, see if the game ended, what happened there, or if it's going to overtime? And they turned the TV on the, over to the game right as they're lining up for the kick. So, like, I was so close to missing that moment that I – oh, my God, it was insane. And then, you know, you always hear the radio call, the Auburn's going to win the football game. And just the walk-off, it, it's just – that's one of those moments that – like, that's just one of the best college football moments that I can remember. For Notre Dame ones, really the one – two that I have, one of them came back in 2020 in the COVID year where Notre Dame beat Clemson. And I know it was with DJ, so, you know, it's not necessarily as big of a thing, but it felt seeing everybody storm the field and everything like that. Like that was, it was a cool moment. So uh, that was one, that was a highlight for me as a Notre Dame fan. And then the other one was back in 2012. So the year that they went to play that very, very good Alabama team in the national championship. But before they got there, they had to beat Stanford, who was actually really good at that time. I can't remember if that was that was Lux senior year or if that was the year before. Like it was and they just had to get a fourth down goal line stop to win the game. And it was raining. It was just it was everything that you would think a Notre Dame Stanford game would be from that period, just low scoring and just just really gritty. And it was just it was awesome. I loved it. But those yeah, those are my two favorite Notre Dame memories. My least favorite is definitely still going to be the Bush push. That's I'm always going to like I, I was going to hate USC no matter what. But that was the first time where I was like, oh, wow, I really hate these guys like this. This is some bullshit. All right. Well, hey, those are great college football moments. Thanks, guys, for those. Our next question. And this is probably going to be one that we're going to get into some pretty good detail about here. Coming from Shane asking about some of the Heisman odds for this coming year. Thoughts on who's going to win it you know, some potential sleepers for this year and just some general questions about that. So the first thing that I thought about discussing from last year's Heisman ceremony, and I think Bennett was the one who kind of put this to us was, was Will Anderson snubbed from last year's ceremony? And I don't know if there's a lot of discussion that needs to happen here for the answer to just be yes. I mean, the dude was flat out the best player in football. Like I, he was better than either of the quarterbacks. And it's just one of those things where defensive players just aren't going to win Heisman's anymore. It's a quarterback award, maybe a running back or receiver if they just have like an all world year, but and it's kind of like the NFL MVP. Like you're just not going to, you're not going to see those kinds of players win it. And it's really unfortunate. So I don't know if you guys, you know, have any disagreement on that or whether or not he should have been there, but, um, but yeah, floors your guys. Not going to get any disagreement from me. All right. Definitely not. He, uh, you know, leading the country in sacks on Alabama's defense. Like you, you think that defense is going to split up those amount of sacks, but actually leading the country with 17 and a half. Pretty and it's, and it's insane. Like the dude that won the Heisman last year, like Andy Staples says this a pretty decent amount on his, on, on the Andy Staples show, but Bryce Young isn't even the best player on his own team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Bryce Young is an incredible quarterback. He's going to go, he's going to go, potentially first overall this coming year in the draft. Like, but Will Anderson is just a better football player. It's nuts. Yeah. And they, uh, they got a guy this year. I mean, um, hopping in on the other side in Dallas Turner and he might do even more than Will Anderson did last year. And it just won't matter. And at the end of the day, it's a quarterback award at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you see a wide receiver one a couple of years ago, but Kenneth Walker had, 1600 yards last year and didn't make it it doesn't matter anymore it's just stat padding 
And, yep. and, and here, here's, here's my thing is, and I, I looked this up because I was interested to see like what the actual voting breakdown was, because I think that plays a role in who they include. He got more first place votes. He got 20, he got 19 more first place votes than CJ Stroud. Overall, he got, I don't know, in the, in the points, I don't know what the points translate to, but 74 fewer points. But he got 19, he got more than twice as many first place votes. I, it, it just seems weird. Yeah. I mean, why do you let Stroud go and not him? Yeah. Like it, it just kind of feels like they said, well, we know this guy's better, but we can't give it to a defensive guy, can we? So, yeah. I mean, I, I think he was definitely snubbed from, from that ceremony. I mean, I don't think you're going to get a ton of argument in the college football community in general on that. I, I hope he wins it this year. Honestly, that would be that would be incredible if he can follow up on what he did last year where he should have won the Heisman and just like leave no doubt this year. It's kind of like Cincinnati going undefeated two years in a row. Like at, at a certain point, you just kind of have to accept it and and give them their due. Yeah, and I, I'm not trying to hate on Michigan, but he did twice what Aiden Hutchinson did last year. Literally twice, twice as much. And it didn't matter. So, yeah, yeah I think that might be just even on top of just getting snubbed generally from from the ceremony, just Hutchinson getting in over him was just, I, I did not agree yeah. with that at all. Yeah. We'll see what ends up, how their pro careers end up, or, you know, to really look at them in totality. But I think just from college standpoint alone, like I think Will Anderson is just a better player than Hutchinson is at, at this point. So Yeah, he's, he's going to be a bust. Sorry to all you Lions fans. <laughs> he's, he's, he's chalked. He's done. It's a waste of a pick. I mean, it's Detroit. It's going to be a waste of a pick no matter what they do. <laughs> <laughs> So have you guys taken a look at any of the odds this year for, for the Heisman? You know, any of the any of the gambling odds for who might win? Any any sleepers you guys are looking at? Uh, I, I've got a lot, but my first question is, do you guys think Shane's a good gambler? He's the one that asked this question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see him in the gambling talk a lot. So I, I, I'm not sure if that's because he's just trying to hide how good he is or if he just doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> No, no, no comment. I think I think Shane enjoys himself, and that's all that matters. Hey, you've got to have fun. I mean, as long as you're not obviously there's a gambling hotline if you get if you get, if you're having trouble, but uh, as long as you're having fun and not straining yourself too much financially, then you know, no harm, no foul. There, I am looking here at the odds, and I see that you have Stroud, Rush Young, and Caleb Williams two, uh, plus 250, plus 350, plus 750, and then huge drop off. You know, having made till plus. Uh, 2000 and that goes back to saying this is absolutely a quarterback award and not only that but a quarterback award on one of the five best teams in the country well, uh, i mean so, us usc let's not let's let's not uh get well, ahead of ourselves yeah. there with, <laughs> with the trojans but uh <laughs> that's actually I, something i had in my notes that i i don't know if i trust that caleb williams bet at all probably <laughs> wouldn't be something that i dabbled in mainly because i just don't know if usc is going to be that competitive of a team just overall. I was taking a look at just the past few winners. I don't think there's been a Heisman winner that's had more than one regular season loss since Lamar Jackson, and that was in 2016, I believe. So really it is, as Pepe mentioned, it's, it's really going to go to one of the top quarterbacks or, or top wide receivers really on, on one of the top five teams. Right. You have to have you have to have an insane season. Like you have to be significantly statistically better than CJ Stroud and Bryce Young in order to come from, let's call it a two loss or three loss USC team this year and win the Heisman. 
that plus I, eight, I mean, whatever the, the that plus seven fifty is Lincoln Riley has Heisman winning quarterbacks. That's that's why that bet is what it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, Shane, if you're listening, I would definitely stay away from that number. Uh, that's uh, that's not a value play. US and, and the bottom line is, and this was an issue at Oklahoma too, but it's a lot worse at USC. They're just bad in the trenches. Like they are bad, bad in the trenches. And you know, the West Coast is really good at developing skill talent in general. But if you can't protect the quarterback, then you're not going to get a whole lot done, honestly. And they may put up some numbers against, you know, the Stanford's and Oregon States of the world and everything. But when push comes to shove, like, I don't think they're going to beat Utah. And I'm biased, but I don't think they really stand a chance against Notre Dame. So I, I just have a hard time seeing that happening. One that does kind of interest me, though, is Quinn Ewers, plus 3,500 at Texas. And I don't know if he's actually even been confirmed as the starter yet, but I mean, the dude's tape coming out of high school is just nuts. Like the dude can ball. And if he can bring that to the next level with some of the talent that Texas did bring in this year, and I know they're going to be, you know, they're kind of getting young on the offensive line side, but I feel like he could make a name for himself, especially since Texas is a power five program. Like I think it will be hard for a non P five player to beat out like Stroud or Young, like it, it would be one of those, like you did just have to have an insane season. But I think so, a place like Texas, you could definitely do it. Yeah, I uh, I like Quinn Ewers a lot. We'll, we'll see. I, I've got a weird, you know, six degrees, like my best man's wife's brother-in-law is actually his quarterback coach right now, A.J. Milby <laughs> in Texas. No kidding. <laughs> it's crazy. He was uh, he was an analyst at uh, Bama, and he got dragged down there. But I don't know. We've got to the point. It doesn't matter if you're true, a freshman anymore. You can win it. But I, I really feel like it's Strouds to lose. You don't see guys win it two years in a row. It just doesn't happen. And Bryce Young, when you're talking about the trenches, that was the big problem they had last year was that offensive line. He's got to move around so much. So And he's lost all of his weapons. You know, they got a transfer coming in, and – they got a couple of transfers coming in at wide receiver, but and at running back. I mean, we'll see how it goes there, but I think it's. I do agree with that. So one question I had looking at the odds uh, for Clemson: they've got Cade Klubnik at plus six thousand. They got DJU. At, I'm not going to try to pronounce that one right now. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm running on two hours of sleep, and I know I'm going to mess that one up. But they have DJU at plus thirty five hundred. Do you think DJU is going to finish the season as the starter? I don't know. There was a lot of talk about him going to Oklahoma with Venables whenever he moved over there. Mm -hmm. Honestly, when he was coming out of high school, I thought he was awesome. I mean, he's this big guy, 6'6", 260, but he just hasn't gotten the job done. That's going to be interesting. Klubnik, obviously, he's a five-star quarterback, so, I mean, it remains to be seen whether or not they're going to they're gonna bring him in. But I think that one might be a, a sneaky value play. It depends on how many games Slovis gets in, because if Slovis ends up lasting like six games into the season, I just don't think that Klubnik really has a shot there. But if Klubnik ends up taking the job early, then he, he's got a shot. I mean, Clemson, the ACC isn't particularly strong, so he has a chance to put up numbers. So who's Look, your guys? Looking at this, I, I'll go ahead. Well, so I was going to ask who your guys' biggest sleepers are. Okay. You can be as biased or unbiased as you want. I got Braylon Allen, Wisconsin okay. running back. And I'll tell you why. And that's – there's two running backs ahead of him in the odds. I think Henderson and Robinson from Texas. Uh, there's no way either of them have a season that makes this happen. Mark Ingram won with like 1,600 yards – Derrick Henry run one with like 2,200 yards as a true freshman, Allen put up like 1,300 and I don't know, 12 touchdowns or something like that. 
you're running behind a Wisconsin offensive line. If he puts up a 18, 1900 yard, 25 touchdowns and none of the quarterbacks blow you away, that's a non quarterback who can win. I can see that. I mean, yeah, Wisconsin has turned out pro ready running backs, whether or not they end up doing well in the pros is one thing, but I mean, they've, they got those big boys up there and, in Wisco and they, they can get a running game going there. Would and I saw them at like plus 6,600 or something like that. I, I think that's, I think that's decent value. Yeah. All right. Any other sleeper picks that you guys have for your Heisman race? Yeah. I got uh, Malik Cunningham out of Louisville. Ooh. Out of Louisville. You know, they just came out of uh, Lamar and Bridgewater. I don't think Cunningham's either of those, but he did pretty good carrying the Cardinals to a few wins last year. Uh, he had the seven best QBR in the nation. Uh, right here, I see he has plus 5,000. So, uh, I don't think that's worst odds. Pretty good on his feet. Uh, Louisville's good at, you know, getting scrambling quarterbacks. Had a few yeah. good games last year. I think we find it. Yeah, Duke, he had uh, five touchdowns. Three for 303. I don't see his rushing. Oh, here we go. He had uh, 224 rushing yards. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many TDs? He, uh, Find that. I believe he had six total, five passing, one rushing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I, that's a great sleeper pick. I mean, Louisville has always been kind of a high-powered offense, and I know they've had some uh, – some. they have a new offensive coordinator. Uh, it was actually Notre Dame's running backs coach that they hired to be their OC. So I'm curious to see what their offense does look like. Uh, don't know if they're going to try to go a little more run heavy there, or if they're going to try to keep up the, uh, you know, the high-volume passing attack. But, yeah, that could be a good one. Yeah, plus with the uh, ACC not having really any juggernauts this year, Louisville might run off another good year and have his name in the uh, thick of it at the end. Yeah. Do you know off the top of your head if Louisville plays Clemson? I do not. Not. So that might be that might be the only real threat that they have. Yeah. So that that one could be an interesting watch. But yeah, no, I like I like I like Cunningham a lot. I think he could do a lot of good things in a in a revamped Louisville offense. So it's it's going to be interesting to see yeah. there. Pepe, is there is? Do you think there's anything that can happen where Will Levis wins the Heisman for Kentucky? I was I gonna say, yeah, um, I don't. I'm not as high on Levis as a lot of people. Uh, I think he's fine, but uh, when I saw that he was maybe early first round draft pick, I know he has the body. I know uh, he's got a lot of the fundamentals of just being a NFL quarterback. But as Heisman uh, projection, I don't think so. I think it all comes down to that week two game against Florida in the swamp. Yeah. UK pulls that off on national television. You could maybe start seeing, you know, Levis get a little bit of that first couple week hype, but I think it's kind of a situation where he would need to be really the primary reason for a nine, 10 win regular season for Kentucky, which isn't out of the question, but it's kind of, I have to see it to believe it. Which I do think he has a deeper receiver core this year. Last year he had obviously Wondell Robinson, but uh, not much after that. This year we got a, I think we got four or five really in the running of uh, having that three starters out of the out of the gate this year. <clears throat> not even just be... being, I was gonna say not even just being bitter because he transferred from Penn State, but uh, <laughs> I mean he can he can run and yeah. he can he can throw the ball far. I don't think he's got what it takes to put up the passing numbers to win a Heisman. Yeah, I agree. Because his 
short passes is fine, and I, it's really his middle middle distance uh, passing that I'm not crazy about. Uh, he seems to overthrow a bunch of guys in the 15, 20 yard range. Not a touch passer. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he threw many over the head of uh, Chris Rodriguez in the backfield last year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I've got a real deep sleeper. And it's one that I'm I'm interested in. It's one that, you know, I've listened to a couple other college football podcasts, the Andy Staples show, some of the 247 pods. Former incarnate word quarterback, Cameron Ward, currently at Washington State. So from what I remember, he transferred and followed his offensive coordinator. And he put up a lot of numbers. He was the the number three quarterback per 247 in the transfer portal this past year behind only Caleb Williams and Quinn Ewers. I think, especially in a Pac-12, I don't, it's going to depend on, you know, what the rest of the team looks like around him. But I think he's one of those guys that's going to be in the Heisman conversation more, more than people think he's going to be. Tiller, are they, an, are they an air raid team? Uh, they were, they were with Leach. I'm not, I'm not right. 100% sure what it, what it looks like anymore, but he followed, he followed that offensive coordinator. And I mean, he was, he was an All-American at an incarnate word. So, I mean, I'm assuming that they that offensive coordinator they're bringing in is going to be putting up some numbers then. But it'll be interesting. I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily know if he's going to win it, but I feel like if we're looking at, like, a real deep sleeper, that's going to be one to watch. Yeah, I, I don't know much about Washington State anymore. Uh, I know their new coach is Jake Dickert, but he came in because uh, homeboy wouldn't get his vaccine last year. I, <laughs> I forget his name, but, uh, yeah. Can't remember that dude's name either, but yeah, that's a yeah. That was an interesting situation that they had to deal with there, and it's it's weird for state because that's one of those reminders that these college coaches are state employees. So yeah, I mean, so that one is interesting. A little bit biased, I think Tyler Buckner for Notre Dame is one of those guys that maybe not this year, but the year after, he's going to be on Heisman watch. He came in as a four-star recruit, and he played a few games last year mostly just like in run packages. Before he played a few games at Notre Dame this past season, he hadn't played football in over two years. He had an injury, and then and then COVID like messed up his se- the senior season out there in California. So he he's probably – he's going to be good this year, I think. Uh, he's at plus 10,000, which is the same place that Cameron Ward is. But I think I think maybe not for this year, but for this co- – but 2022 – or 2023 is – he's going to be a guy to watch. And he's got the same odds as Drew Pine, who is the backup at Notre Dame. So I'm I'm not 100% sure where they're getting the, the number for Drew Pine at because Drew Pine ain't winning the Heisman this year. Please don't bet money on Drew Pine. I know that plus 10,000 looks really cool, but uh, that is just a – that is a waste of money. Yeah, it's hard when you look at it like that, like uh, the DJ Uangaleli situation. Like you don't know if these guys are going to start all year. So you got to kind of roll with it on those and just take a shot. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, especially with these sleepers. Like, obviously, the guys that have lower odds than plus 3,000 are the guys that people are going to be really watching. You know, like Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma, Bijan Robinson as a running back. I mean, I don't know. I don't think any, really any running backs or receivers are going to win it unless it is like Smith and Jigba or, you know. The uh, the running back I do like, I, I wouldn't aim for Bijan. Uh, if you're going to look at one, I'd look at Jameer Gibbs. He's transferring into Alabama. He's going to be the starter from Georgia Tech. And he averaged five and a half yards last year per carry. And now he's yeah, got a team around him. So yeah, the way they big, feed him. Big pickup for Alabama in the transfer portal, which, you know, that's probably not going to be the last time we hear about that. 
But yeah, I, I, I like that pick as well. Uh, Jordan Addison potentially is a wide receiver at USC. I mean, that's going to be another one of those things where the Pac-12 is just kind of weak. But if he can, if he can have a show out game against a team like Utah or against the Irish, God forbid, he he could definitely put his name in the Heisman race. So a plus seven thousand, that maybe not be, might not be the worst odds. I personally wouldn't put any money on it, but but if we're talking sleepers, I feel like that might be one. So any other sleepers or any other any other comments about like any of the obvious picks, like you know between Stroud and Young, who you guys who you guys think it's going to be? Is it going to be one of those two guys, or is it going to be one of these other guys in like the top five odds wise? Yeah, I got my money on Stroud, but if you're looking for a sleeper, the only other three I got are three SEC quarterbacks. I got Hendon Hooker, who actually threw 31-3 and last year. Uh, Jackson Dart coming over to Ole Miss from USC, and you know they air the ball out. And then really curious about that one. Yeah. I had him written down. He doesn't move like Corral did last year, but they're going to throw the heck out of the ball. And then the uh, last guy is K.J. Jefferson up in Arkansas. It's just sneaky. He actually – he had like 21 touchdowns last year and almost 3,000 yards and like another 700 on the yard – on the ground. And he's built like Cam Newton. He's huge. He's so, big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can't even I – I don't think I watched many Arkansas games last year, so I don't really know a whole lot about him. But, I mean, that's definitely a team where – I mean, they were a good team last year. I, I saw enough of them to know that. So, that's definitely one that, you, that we got to keep an eye out for. I do like Jackson Dart. I think I think Lane is gonna he's gonna unlock a lot of guys. So I think Lane's probably gonna get a lot of talent coming in in the future unless he moves somewhere else. But Dart's definitely one to watch as well. All right, guys. So we're gonna move on to our next segment here, and we brought on a couple of special guests. Here we've got on Tobias and Shane. Now these two guys are not affiliated with any college football team. We'll let them talk about what they do know about college football, but they do not have a favorite team at this point. And what we are going to do is we're going to try to recruit them. And a couple of weeks down the line, maybe we'll have a, uh, we'll have a little, little commitment video from each of them. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll get all the hats out on the table and everything like that. And we'll, uh, we'll see where everybody ends up supporting for this season. So and that might be something that we end up posting on YouTube or Twitter or something like that. And you just have to wait and see what everybody's decision is. So we'll get started here. Uh, we'll start in alphabetical order with Shane. So Shane, how into college football are you, if at all? What do you know about college football? Any of the teams? Any any teams you do growing up or anything like that? Just kind of just kind of a brief picture on on what your college football experience is. Yeah, um, let me start it off with. I mean, I'm from New York. I'm from Westchester, New York. So growing up, it was all pro sports, college football, college basketball. None of that was really college basketball a little bit because of March Madness, but college football for me. My dad went to Niagara University. That's where my mom went. I had no allegiance really to college football. We'd watch Notre Dame game, maybe at my grandpa's house here and there, Rutgers game, Syracuse. But there was never a team that we supported in the house that you would support. Like I'm a Mets, Jets, Islanders, Knicks fan. That's you bleed for. I didn't have that growing up at all. So, I mean, yeah, I just never had a team. And then I went down to college in the South. And of course, I was at the College of Charleston, which doesn't have a team. So I didn't become a team uh, that wasn't my team obviously because they didn't have a team so then it was between Clemson and the Gamecocks and I kind of just went to both games and never really picked a side and got to party at both schools and never really showed an allegiance and uh, as we as I got older I came back to New York and I still just never picked a team so there, there just never really was any team that spoke to me or 
that I could align with, like, or that is mostly was like a family thing. I didn't have my dad's team. Oh, son, you're going to be a fan of this college football team because that's the team I'm a fan of, which is like all my other sports. But so I didn't have that. So it was kind of up to me and I just haven't made the decision yet. I'm excited to see what every one of these fans bring to the table. And I mean, any team's really up for grabs. It's, it's It really seems like Every team has a shot every year. I kind of like that about college football. Obviously, if you lose one game, like Bennett mansplained me before, you're out. So I kind of like how it's it's win, do or die. Yep, every week's a playoff. So sorry we didn't have a Rutgers fan, so you could have a hometown uh, you could have a hometown guy here recruiting you. But uh, unfortunately, you're gonna have to travel for your fandom this time. So all right. With that being said, Tobias, same questions. Uh, any any experiences growing up? With college football, I know you're uh, you're Canadian, so it's a little college football is probably a little different over the border there. Yeah, well, first off, long time listener, first time caller, great to be on the program here. So Day yeah, one. I'm that's from what we Canada. like to hear. <laughs> so college sports here, like a good crowd, maybe you get fifteen hundred people, two thousand. So it's nothing compared to NCAA. So my experience with it very limited, pretty much. The reason I'm a fan of the Cleveland Browns, sadly, is because. Uh, younger Tobias was a fan of Johnny Manzon. I was like, you know, I'd like to see where he goes around to. And then a homeless man told Jimmy Haslam to draft him. So here I am still a Browns fan. And then aside from that, uh, vaguely, I remember just following the Marcus Mariota Oregon team, which that would have been 2014 or 15, something like that. And other than that, just like pop up on, on odd Saturday game. But yeah, no real allegiances yet. No one went to an American school here. We all went to the small Canadian universities where if you're successful in that, maybe you get to go to the CFL and even that it's a big, maybe. Actually, one of my, uh, one of my favorite pro football players, Akeem Hicks, he's a college of Regina um, alum, <laughs> which, you know, that's always a fun name to hear announcers try not to laugh at saying, but yeah, I know there's, there's some Canadian ballers out there, but we're happy to have you guys into our little CFB fandom here. So we're going to just go in a quick order on recruiting you guys. We're going to just give a quick elevator pitch try to just limit it to a couple minutes fellas and we are going to start off with Han take it away all right well Tobias my pitch is aimed at you you are my man and I will tell you why the Penn State Nittany Lions are Canada's college football team last year Penn State had a starting defensive end Jesse Laquetta who was drafted this year by the Arizona Cardinals this upcoming year Penn State will have four key contributors from Canada they will have Theo Johnson starting tight end, 6'6", 260. He is from Windsor, Ontario. We will have Jonathan Sutherland, six-year, three-time special teams captain, and this year starting outside linebacker safety hybrid. He is from Toronto. We will have starting outside receiver Malik Mega, 6'4", 200, runs a 4'3", 40. He is from Montreal. Speaks French. Awesome. Finally, we have Christian Veyu, who is our current backup quarterback, but likely given Sean Clifford's performance in the past, our starter at some point this year, and he is from Orleans. So if you are looking for a Canadian team in college football, buddy, that is Penn State. Awesome pitch. Uh, anything for Shane or? Yeah, I, I, mean, got nothing I, I for like Shane. Canada too, man. Jeez. I, got no, I got nothing for Shane. I'm a big <laughs> hockey fan. I like Canada. Like, wow, that was, that was pretty aggressive. Oof. All right, well, it looks like we're getting a clear five-star here and a clear maybe uh, high four-star, so we're going to see how this goes. But uh, next up, facing a potentially uphill recruiting battle, is our boy Bennett. 
So got a chance to get back on the right foot here, had a, had a coaching staff change. So we're going to see how this goes, but Bennett, you have the floor. We talked about how you guys are Islander fans and blue and uh, blue Jays fans, Sabres fans, Mets fans, you know, you're always the underdog. And that's what Michigan state is. You look at the AL East, you know, you got the Red Sox, you got the Yankees, you got the race sitting above you. And that's exactly what Han is over there sitting at Penn state like a big old dork. And he's talking about the Canadians coming over. Well, we've got an in-state rival, Shane, much like the other teams, you know, like the Rangers and the Yankees, the Walmart Wolverines just being total dickheads. So if you want an instant rival right away, someone like that, not to mention that the school, Michigan State, has over 700,000 alumni throughout the United States and Canada. So you're more likely to meet one of them than you are anywhere else. Tobias, geographically, it's, a, it's only a three-and-a-half-hour drive to East Lansing to get over there to Michigan State. And, you know, we're talking about the CFL. Like I said, we are the underdog. And when I look at CFL rosters by college, we have over 10 more players in the CFL currently than any of the other schools that are going to be provided today. So if you like being an underdog, which you guys are, you know, we're always finishing second or third, but we're always competing. That's the other thing. We're always winning nine games or – if you want to talk baseball, we're always winning 90 games, making the playoffs, but we're right on the cusp all the time. Michigan State's the school for you. That was excellent. I mean, Michigan State, I'm telling you, I've always liked Michigan State. Sparties, the colors, you know, you never know. Good at basketball, hockey team. Michigan State was always on the table for me. That was a good pitch. And the CFL, you can't emphasize how great it is enough. So thank you for reminding me. And yeah, great pitch. All right, next up, we have got our first – SEC pitch coming from Pepe. So, Pepe. All right, fellas. Your shot. You could be a fan of some of these teams, or you can be part of the Big Blue Nation, Kentucky Wildcats. All these guys, they have past success. Kentucky really hasn't had success because their success is happening now. And they're consistently winning more games every single year. We got uh, one of the biggest rivalries, not just in football, but in the entire country between Kentucky and Louisville. Very heated rivalry every year. I'm sure you've seen the L's down. Uh, we have KSR, Kentucky Sports Radio. It has many – it's probably the biggest sports outlet for one single college. They have different podcasts and shows for all kinds of sports there, football, basketball, baseball. They have the website. We have great alumni like Jared Lorenzen, rest in peace, and Tim Couch. There's your Browns connection there, Tobias. And then if you all want a big football guy, we have one Vince Marrow. Vince is a – associate head coach, and he will go to war for his players. Um, he loves subtweeting uh, other coaches, especially Louisville. And uh, if he sees any rankings that uh, leaves off Kentucky or uh, snubs them, he'll let you know about it on Twitter. Just two days ago, SEC Mike dropped their dropped his SEC QB rankings and had Levis, Will Levis is seven, our quarterback. And so he, you know, he had to run Twitter and say, LOL, this is really funny. At Will Levis, love it. So he loves pumping up players up up fans yeah i mean i'll admit i had a kentucky sweater growing up in high school and wore it a lot i always liked the logo the uk i was always a kentucky fan basketball march madness don't really know much about the football team i mean never really seen really much about the football team i think they're outside lamberger josh allen almost yes. went to the jets yeah i wanted the jets to draft him so i do know about that i've seen that i always liked uk's colors so yeah I mean, I like a good rivalry as well. UK on the table. And you know what? They're Nike school. Uh, Nike supplies a lot of um, clothing online, easy to get to. 
that's a big plus. Yeah, like Shane just said, the blue, and also with the the KSR connection, I I've probably listened to it the once a year that PMT's on it, and that's always just a good laugh with the the callers from being very Kentucky, hearing them talk to the New Yorkers. So, yeah, Will Levis seems like a good guy. If he's attacking people on Twitter, that's something I can get behind. Oh, yeah. All right, so that's our Kentucky pitch. We're going to keep it down south, and our next one up is going to be Gray. So, Gray, pitch them Tigers. All right, here we go. I'm here to represent for LSU, and I'm going to start off by saying you need to be a fan of the team with the most swag in college football. We started the gritty. We did the get the gat in the White House. I mean, it, it was insane. And then, all right, another thing is we got great uniforms, very classic, simple, purple, gold, royal. Consistently a good team. I mean, we are a team that has proven that we can win it recently. The last three head coaches have won a championship. And you don't want to always be losing. You don't want to get to the playoff and get smacked by Alabama. You want to be a team that can beat Alabama in the regular season. Hasn't happened that often (laughs) recently, but we can get there. We just have good rivalries. Every year we have one or two comeback games, you know, game-winning touchdown passes or something like that, and we're a great upset team. Like, we have some good upsets throughout the regular season playing in the SEC. Another thing is we have the best atmosphere and stadium, night game at Death Valley, undefeated. Most fun I've ever had in my life. I'm going to get y'all down here, eat as much food, and drink as much alcohol as you want, all for free. Ain't got to pay for nothing. You know, that that's just, everyone shares. Everyone shares around here. Another thing is, we last thing, we have a bunch of NFL players. So, you always have someone to root for in the league. And then, Spart is also a fan of LSU. So, Shane, you and him could go squat up at the bars and watch him. Excellent pitch. Yeah. LSU. I mean, I saw, I've watched them win the championship with my own eyes. I know what they could do. Um, I mean, I'm, I've never been to Louisiana always was on my list. I would love to go. The food is one of my favorite cuisines. I mean, yeah, SEC, that's the real deal. It's hard to beat. I mean, that's like picking amongst the Yankees and the Red Sox and, you know, all the best teams in the league. Well, I guess the Red Sox, not anymore, but Astros, all these great teams, yeah, that's a good because uh, there's no one here representing Alabama. So I mean, that's a good. Uh, that's that's hard to hard to find a better team than LSU. Yeah, my one gripe, and Gray, maybe you can console this. Just the thing that went viral when Brian Kelly was doing the TikTok through six thing just like made me cringe unbelievably hard. So, what can we do to reconcile that? Or there, will we do it again? Hopefully not. Just your thoughts. Vice no. is right. He can't he can't do it ever again. Uh, that was atrocious. And I'm just going to have to try my best to look past that. OK, well, you owning up and you know <laughs> disavowing it shows, you know, favor. And that that helps. Thank you. Great character. It shows great character. Someone's got you down there. All right. Next up. Come on. Now. Big... We're not all bad. No, no, no. BK, though, allegedly killed a kid. I'm not saying yeah. he did it. Allegedly. <laughs> Whoa, wait, hold on. Explain that for me there. But hold on. That's I'm gonna have to take up a attempted homicide into this this account. <laughs> so this is a this is a sore spot at Notre Dame, but um there was a practice at one point a few years back where 
it was really windy and they had a student film they had a student filming up in like a, in a scissor lift and the scissor lift fell over and the kid died and you know it obviously wasn't kelly's fault actually but that's always a common jab that people like to use against bk so. he didn't want to go up there they forced him up there I've heard of this travesty, and I did hear they forced him up there as well. <laughs> but that's just that's what I heard. But yeah, it was BK. It wasn't anybody else. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next, and he's up, the coach at LSU now. Sorry, he's the coach he's the head LSU coach now? at LSU. Yeah, he actually Whoa, bolted, oh, bolted for money. Oh, bolted for money and recruits and, and recruits. recruits after killing a kid. Interesting. What? I will take this into account. No, that was yeah. like years ago. That wasn't recently. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. Still, still a killer. Yeah, allegedly. Still stay, stayed in Notre Dame, but a allegedly. rich killer. Now that <laughs> he got the LSU payday. Okay, okay, okay. Did you say recruits, Gray? Yes. Now that he leaves, y'all get the number one recruiting class. And yeah, I'm say. looking here. I'm not seeing him going past the top five. I see Notre Dame. I don't see LSU anywhere. Ooh. Moved into the top ten. We'll say You're that. The top ten. You're eighth. I like recruits. I will say I do like recruits. All right. Next up, we got the big dog himself. Gary Tommy representing the defending national champion and Barker out of children, George Bulldogs. Gary, yeah, take it away. I mean, absolutely. Uh, of course, the Georgia Bulldogs, as has been mentioned, we are, of course, the reigning national champions. But it took us 40 years to get back there. So, yes, we've had some recent success, and there's been many successful seasons overall during that 40-year drought. But have we won enough to have a bandwagon to jump on? I'm not so sure. Uh, ultimately, you can get on while the getting's good. And while Kirby Smart's on his incredible journey as head coach, you do get to playfully, and I can't stress that enough, playfully bark in public. Do not bark in children, but if you've ever had that urge to want to bark in public, it is certainly encouraged. Definitely don't take it too far. Our current quarterback, the mailman, Stetson Bennett, he is on the victory lap of all victory laps. Sure, he's a reigning national champion, but he has also been in college since, I believe, 2017. He was once the practice squad quarterback. He then actually left and came back on a scholarship after formerly being a walk-on. So he is certainly on a uh, victory lap, so to speak. It goes without saying, but Ugga is one of, if not the best mascot in the entire country. He lives a more pampered life than all of us. I'd go as far to say he probably lives a better overall life than, than most of us. Uh, just a unbelievably good boy and uh, one of the cutest dogs you'll ever see. Um, overall, Georgia has a great history of not only college players. Uh, we do have a Heisman winner in Herschel Walker, but they put out endless amounts of great NFL talent. Uh, sprinkled all across the league. Uh, Sanford Stadium is just a beautiful place to visit. I mean, who doesn't love those hedges? Who doesn't want to play between the hedges? And Athens overall is just the, the best college town in the country. I would put that, I'd put all my money on Athens being the best college town. It's certainly the best one that I have ever visited. And it is just an unbelievably fun time, not only for college age kids, but even, you know, the older crowd gets Lots of live music and just tons of stuff to do. So overall, it's just uh, not only a great you know team to root for, but the city that the university is in is just unbelievably fun as well. Excellent pitch. I will also admit that uh, in college, at the College of Charleston, I had many, many friends from Georgia. So I have barked myself many times. I have been on the dog's side a bunch. Um, now, Gary, tell me, are you from Georgia? 
I am not. The reason I became a Georgia fan, it's a little bit weird. Um, just sort of growing up, kind of, as you mentioned, my dad was just really big into pro sports. So I didn't really have a college team to root for. One of his best friends moved to Athens, Georgia, uh, when I was growing up. And we would always go down to visit and we would always get to walk around campus, go to games, things like that. So that's really how I got sucked in was just by getting a chance to visit there when I was younger and, and didn't really have a team to follow myself. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you're like, just like me a little bit, but a little bit older. You've got, you yeah, found, you found your team, you found your team. So that, that means they're welcoming to new fans, which is a good sign. Very much so. And Very I will, so. I will admit I have heard Athens is the best college town. I've heard that from many sources. Many of my friends been there. I didn't make it there as one of my great regrets, never making it to Athens, but yeah, I mean, that was a great pitch. Um, Georgia is definitely, definitely up there for me. It's, it's, I've been a fan before. I, that, that could be, that could be a pick for me. That's, that, that was a good pitch. Yeah. Just first shout out Gary for the year he's had with Georgia winning, Bengals making the Super Bowl, Red comeback victor against the Yankees last night. The W's don't stop. And just a follow up question you mentioned uh, Kirby. This is just for my knowledge. Is he just, he wears a visor, correct? Like that. He does, in fact, wear a visor, very much a visor fan. Kirby is also a former Georgia player. So not only, you know, uh, is he our current coach, but he's also got that history of being a defensive back for the team back, you know, in the day as well. Lovely. The visor helps a lot. It's a great visor. I will say Athens is a lot of fun. I went out there once in an offseason, and they have like a stretch of like 80 bars downtown. It's a blast, and they're all free cover. (laughs) <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things. I've heard nothing but good things. Same. Um, a lot of my friends live in Atlanta. I have like a bunch of friends who live there right now. So Athens that was a good. That was a good pitch. Uh, Miss Bennett went to Athens. We went to Georgia. Uh oh. Uh oh. That's Uh oh. Uh, okay. And uh, just so you're saying though, Atlanta, it's not that close. It's like it's almost two hours away. I think Georgia Tech is actually in Atlanta, so that would be yeah. That'd, that'd be the ATL one. So, all right. Well, I'm gonna finish it up here, and I'm just gonna hit you with some facts. I like facts. We like facts. Only one school that's pitched you so far tonight is in the top five all-time in wins. Only one school pitching to you tonight has won 11 national championships. Only one school pitching to you tonight has the second highest recruiting class of 2023 and the highest recruiting class of 2024. And only one school pitching to you tonight has the greatest uniforms in sports. It's the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, you can't tell me when you're watching a Notre Dame game, when you see that real gold paint in the helmet, when you see that real gold shining on a sunny South Bend day, you can't tell me that that's not peak college football. Now, we have from many sources that the University of Notre Dame is one of the most beautiful campuses in college football. We've got the landmarks. We've got the touchdown Jesus. I mean, that's one of the symbols of college football. We have a head coach who is one of the coolest head coaches in college football per big game boomer. Real source, real numbers. We have a top five offense coming into this season. We have a top 10 defense coming into the season. We're going to make a lot of noise. We're going to make a big playoff push. And I I just got to say, we would love to have you guys as Notre Dame fans. I grew up a Notre Dame fan. My dad grew up a Notre Dame fan. It it runs in the blood. Irish Catholics and non-Irish Catholics everywhere are just big Notre Dame fans. So you have a family across the country, across the world, and we would just be happy to have you guys here. So please, next time when you're considering your your choice of fandom, 
Go Irish. First off, as the final pitch, that was excellent. I love facts. Facts are great. Um, thanks for having me on. I mean, this was great. Um, I will say Anders Lee, the capital of the New York Islanders, is a Notre Dame alumni. So, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame is, is on the cards. I, I like Notre Dame. If I was gun to my head, what team were you a fan as a kid? Notre Dame would have been my choice. Irish Catholic, like you said. So Notre Dame is, is up there for me, too. I think everyone gave great pitches. This was a blast. I, it's going to be hard to choose. I mean, these are all great teams and all exciting futures for all these teams. None of these teams are on the decline, it seems. Everyone seems to be up and, and, right, and rising, and hopefully someone can challenge Alabama because, I mean, I'm like all you guys, I hate Alabama, too. Just It just seems to be the thing to do, and why not? So I do, too. But, uh. Yeah, great pitches, everyone. I'm, this is this was excellent. Me and Tobias. I mean, Tobias, you go ahead. I'm sure you got stuff to say too. Yeah, yeah, same. Echoing the same sentiment there. Everyone did a great job. Tiller, you as well. You can't emphasize enough how great the Notre Dame jerseys are. I was just looking them up on the side and just the colors, everything pops. So that big points to them. Similar, the Islanders connection. Kevin Biggio, former alumni of the school, so that helps. And yeah, Shane, just a question for you. Are there any other schools you're considering aside from the five put forward today? I mean, no one really reached out to make a pitch, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, not really. I feel like it's I like to to be influenced. So, exactly. Yeah, I want to be influenced by someone. Someone make me get me to pick your uh, team. I want. Yeah, I want and they all did a great job. They did. I, I really liked everyone's pitch. Everyone was good under the gun. This was my first time on a podcast. I'm not going to lie. So I was a little nervous at the start. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. I have one last thing to say, if that's all right. Go ahead. <laughs> In the stadium. Yeah, that is a cool chant. I've heard that chant. That is that is pretty cool. Do you still do you guys still have a tiger, a live tiger? Oh yeah. Yes, Mike. Mike, Mike is on campus. You can go watch him anytime. <laughs> He's on campus. I don't know yep. if that's a pro or if he's like being tortured. That's kind of no, crazy. no, no. He has like a dude. He has like a t- like he's pampered. A oh, he's pampered way more than any other tiger in the world. Okay, I promise. Okay, that, I like pampered tigers. I'll tell you what, I do like a pampered tiger. And sorry, yeah. he said his name was Mike. Mike the tiger. tiger. Yep. That's like awesome. the tiger in Atlantic, Aladdin. Pampered like a pet. Yeah, dude. And and back. A while ago, they used to put him in a cage outside of the opposing team's locker room when they would run out <laughs> from the tunnel after halftime. Yeah, I mean, if we put That's everyone's awesome. mascots, on the field. if we put everyone's mascots up against each other, you're probably coming out on top. The tiger, I would have to say, I, you, a Spartan maybe with his shield and yeah. Sparty's but, fucking up that tiger. That tiger. I'll tell you what, bitch. the Irish, the, <laughs> the fighting Irish is dying for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's the a dog is done. The Wildcats killed by the tiger it's half its size gator maybe <laughs> this is good this was great gator, Thanks, guys. yeah well hey thank you tobias and shane for hopping on with us we appreciate you guys listening to us pitch uh, our 100 fact base recruiting pitches <laughs> to you hopefully in a couple of weeks we can get a decision from you and maybe that's something that we can put we can put in a video and uh you know get like i said earlier get the hats out and see uh, see which hats you guys decide to put on I would love that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm all for that. Um, I would love to be on the pod again, even when I start to pick a team and I'm following that team. Maybe I could start contributing for that team. Who knows? I'm excited. Absolutely. We'll be happy to have you. Yeah. And thanks to all the new guys that contributed today. So Bennett again, Gary, Bryce, Han, thank you guys for contributing. 
Uh, great. Thanks for making a return appearance. But we will see you guys next week. We're going to start with conference previews. And per this coin flip, it is going to be the SEC going first. So we're going to have a pretty heavy SEC tilt next week. And really looking forward to getting getting in deep on the conference and seeing what's going to go on. So thanks again for coming out. Uh, we will see you guys next week. 